listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice in Peter's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 167. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A little bit under the weather this week. My voice is a little bit deeper, a little congested, but I'll get through it as I know you will too. Because it's not like I'm sniffling this time. I've had a couple of those in the past. That gets annoying. So this is podcast number 167, as I said, and we are going to be talking to the host of Temptation Island, Mark Wahlberg. We speak to him at the beginning of every season. We speak to him at the end of every season. I know Temptation Island aired, the finale aired about a month ago. Uh, Mark's schedule didn't allow for him to come on. Uh, we just couldn't we couldn't sync up, but now we finally have. And um, he's got some thoughts on what we saw at the end of the season, and I've got some thoughts on what we saw at the end of the season. And you also got to remember, Mark is the host of the show. He's not going to come out and bash the contestants. However... I think if you read between the lines in some of his answers, you'll know where he stands on certain things, certain people, and and what happened. Um, all of us probably have a more deeper and probably more negative conviction towards certain people in the franchise and what happened this season. Uh, but Mark certainly um, explains it very well. And um, we might not understand some of the decisions these contestants have made post-show, but it doesn't mean it isn't, it can't work for them. We can have an opinion on whether or not it will, which I'm sure a lot of you have on certain contestants. But Mark really goes into it, and uh, we have a lot of fun talking this week. I always love talking to Mark because he is one of the best hosts out there. A couple of programming notes to get to. If you didn't read my column yesterday, I actually have probably the next four or five weeks of podcasts pretty much planned out, assuming nobody cancels on me, which I don't think it's going to happen because it's not like it's anybody that is, you know, on the fence or currently, you know, one of the the later contestants on the show, one of the more recent contestants on the show. I mean, um, next week, we're going to have Dalton Ross from EW.com who covers Survivor uh, to preview Survivor Winners at War season 40 which I couldn't be more excited for. Dalton is him and Stephen Fishbach I could talk to all day long about this show. They are excellent. Dalton's coverage on ew.com is second to none in the Survivor world. And I mean he was out there in Fiji before they started. He interviewed every single contestant who's going to be on this season. There's a lot of stories I'm sure he's got. He doesn't obviously not going to give away spoilers. He doesn't know any. He leaves before you know, I think maybe a day or two into filming. Actually, I'll ask him. I don't even know when he actually leaves. He he does all his interviews pre-show, so but maybe he gets to see the first couple days there. But um, he will be our podcast guest next week. After that, like I said, I've got three or four weeks after that pretty much lined up. We're going to have one another old schooler from this franchise, from the Bachelor franchise, that I'm sure you'll like. Um going to have a couple other people who host podcasts uh, in in this realm on uh, after that somewhere in there as I said yesterday I was approached uh, by somebody I found out some news 
regarding um, a contestant on the show. They want me to tell their story. They want to come on my podcast and share it. I'm sure it'll be picked up by numerous outlets because it's a very important story and something that I had no idea about at all. And when you listen to it, I mean, I, I was I was shocked when I heard this. So um, I don't want to give too much away because it hasn't been recorded yet. And you never know. This person could get cold feet. I don't think they will because we had a pretty extensive talk about it and how we're going to go about doing this. So I really do think they want to share their story. But obviously there's always a chance that they could just be like, you know what? I thought about it and I I, I just can't. But um, I, I do think it'll happen if you ask me. A couple of other things to get to in Bachelor Nation world. Yesterday, uh, the news broke that Joe and Kendall have broken up. As we know, this past weekend, there was the pregnancy announcement by Jenna Cooper. Uh, her boyfriend, Carl, who we had just found out she even had a boyfriend a week earlier. She then said this past weekend that they're pregnant. Both of those stories elicited a lot of responses from you people asking, is this the Bachelor story you were talking about back in November where you said, I I know about something, it's going to be covered by the media, it's going to break soon, and I'll tell you about it when it does? Uh, No, neither of them were. I had no idea about Jenna. I don't care about Jenna. I don't follow Joe or Kendall. Um, If you read reader emails yesterday, you did see an email in there that someone asked me, hey, I follow them pretty extensively. Something seems to be up. And, you know, I, I, I didn't go back and look at their Instagram pages and whatnot, but, I mean, it's it's par for the course when it comes to these couples in this franchise. These couples that constantly post about each other, the second there is a, a you know a good week, two week, maybe even a month lull in pictures and IG stories and talking about the other person, it's almost inevitably followed by a breakup announcement. It's because... These people live off of telling everybody about their relationship. So when it stops or becomes a lot less, there's usually something there. Um, but the story that I hinted at, at back in November, I, I'm I'm really shocked that it hasn't been put out there yet. I'm, I mean, people in Bachelor Nation know. I don't know why it hasn't been covered by the media there's one thing that I, I think maybe be the reason, but without telling the story or what the story is about, I'm not going to get into it. But when that story breaks, I will tell you because it's going to get out there and I'll tell you, yeah, this is the one I was talking about. But yeah, I mean, this is um, we're at a time right now coming up on February. We're probably about five, six weeks from the finale of Peter's season. And, you know, a lot of stuff is flying around out there and I hear stuff every single day. And to be honest with you, I think since this finale filmed back in November and all the stuff that I've heard over the last two and a half months, I'm pretty convinced that I've heard the ending to Peter's season. The problem is, I don't know which one to believe. Like, of all the things that I've been told, I'm sure one of them has been the correct ending. But I don't have the solid proof yet, I know to back up what I've heard. Like everything that's been told to me is like, Hey, this is what I'm hearing. Or, Hey, this is, this is rumor going around or word on the street and whatever. It's like, okay, that's great. But I need more than that. I don't base a spoiler off word on the street. If that were the case, I would have the spoiler two days after they filmed the finale in Australia, you know, cause I was hearing stuff that week. Um, 
but nothing has been solid. Nothing that I feel comfortable running with. I I do think there are certain things that have happened. Maybe I'll fill you in on those. But I think if I fill you in on those, it's just only going to lead to more questions. And I almost feel like until I have everything mapped out of what happens, what is Chris Harrison referring to in the clip that we saw when he talks to Peter and says, we just found out, I just found out, we all just found out this information. What, who is Peter's mom talking about when she says... You know, bring her home, bring her home to us, all that stuff. I feel like I need all of that before I tell you or before I am, am able to reveal what I know. Because if I just reveal it in pieces, it's just going to get even more messy, to be honest with you. And I'm going to get more people trying to fill stuff in and guess and give their predictions. And I'm just like, I don't. And I say this with all due respect. I don't really care what your prediction is on this season. It's not relevant to me. And if you have information and you have some insight, it needs to be more than, hey, this is what I heard or word on the street because there's plenty of word on the street information going around out there. And I'm sure you probably all heard it, you know. So anyway, that's where we're at with that. I will certainly, certainly give you what I know when I know it. I'm not holding out for anything. I know that there's just theory going around that ABC has paid me to stop spoiling and I just it is such an ignorant claim to make and frankly it's insulting to me that you would think I would ever get in bed with these people and ever take money from them to not spoil a season like no it's not that important if I know the ending I'm going to tell you I'm going to spoil it simple as that no ABC is not paying me to shut up that's dumb why would they let me spoil everything else this season but just not the ending? That doesn't make any sense. They're not going to pay me because that means, you know what that means? It means that they're admitting I'm winning. And they're never in a million years going to admit that I'm beating them and kicking their ass. So I don't know what else to tell you. But again, when people accuse me of that, what can I really say other than no, you're wrong? I can't prove it. I think I even said this on a podcast or an interview that I did. Literally, the only way you can convince somebody that is that into a conspiracy theory that ABC is paying me to shut up, the only way I'd be able to convince those people is to literally print my bank account statements. And you can see where all my direct deposits come from every single month. That that would literally be the only thing that I could do. And then you'd probably still have people out there that say, well, you probably just deleted the one where it came from ABC. You know, like you can't win with people like that. They're so close-minded and they're so ignorant. And one one thing that I've always lived by when it comes to debating and talking to people who just have that type of mindset is you can't reason with stupid. And that take is stupid. So there you go. So let's get going. Here we go. You've waited long enough. Let's get started. Podcast number 167. All right, let's bring him in. You know him as the host of Temptation Island. We haven't gotten a chance to talk to him since the season ended. So we bring him on at the beginning of the season. We bring him on at the end of the season and wrap it up. So, Mark, glad to finally have you back. It's Mark Wahlberg, everybody. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me, buddy. You got it. Um, There's a lot to get to because... You know, when we spoke at the beginning of the season, you had said, look, Steve, this ending is 
pretty crazy, and there's a lot of moving parts, and you weren't lying. Um, I wasn't lying about that. I was not lying. From the final bonfires, um, every outcome at the final bonfires was different by the time the reunion show filmed, and by the time the reunion show aired, everything from the reunion show had changed as well. It was nuts. I think that, you know, there's the episodes we watch on TV, but the show never stops. Yeah. No. This is what I'm learning. So, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this, so I guess I'll just go back to Final Bonfires and just kind of go down uh, the couples. Let's start with Rick and Ashley G. And I said this to Ashley G when I had her on uh, post-finale, after everything had aired, and let me ask you if you agree with this. When I saw their Final Bonfire, they, they reminded me a lot of Carl and Nicole when they first gave their decision. Like, I didn't buy it. Something... Something was off with them, and I felt that Rick and Ashley G only agreed to stay together because she made Rick go first, and whatever Rick said, she was going to kind of follow along with it. What were your thoughts when they left as a couple? Listen, I um, I thought Rick was true blue from the start yeah, uh, in how he was for the whole series, and I watched Ashley and tried to get a handle on her. I adore her, by the way. I think she's just... Uh, you know, I adore her. She's a sweetheart, but she's she's drama. And so I wasn't really clear on how I felt about that. And, um, you know, I was sort of like, you know, a little unresolved myself and trying to kind of keep it in the, you know, what we've learned of, um, you know, of these people. So, you know, it's like I had to kind of take Ashley. Had I not known Ashley, I would have said this was behavior that I, I really don't understand. But knowing Ashley, I was like, well, maybe that's how she's expressing it right now because she's every every time you talk to her, it's a, a little bit of a different vibe, you know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I was at the end of the day, you you kind of moderate as best you can and say what they're going to say, and and as you know, I do the best I can to get what I think is an authentic answer, and I thought that was as close as we we're going to get. Were you when they left? Did you? I mean, maybe you form opinions in your own head, maybe not. But when they left the island, were you like, I don't know if they're making it? You know, I had hoped for the best. I acknowledge, and I think I said it on the air that look, their relationship. I said one of the things about the show is that you can't really compare somebody's relationship of what their rights and wrongs are with yours, because everybody's relationship and their journey is different, and theirs had Rick's, you know past and ashley's volatility and they had even a past based on what happened from the beginning of the series to the end of the series yeah so i you know i kind of left it with look you know i think they still have a lot to work through we'll see where they're at uh i think that rick is a different person from this experience than he was and i think ashley you know when she remembers it had learned a lot of stuff as well um and so i kind of left it feeling like you know there's probably more more to come in the story but but uh let's see let's see where it goes you know and it's funny because when you know the very first episode is when we see ashley and and kb have sex and if you were to ask people after the end of the first episode which couple was going to be the only couple that left the island together i know rick and ashley would have been the last people on people's mind i know and i had to kind of check myself because after that first episode when uh, I knew that KB and Ashley had hooked up, I was kind of like, you know, well, this is just, this is no good. You know, the, where do you go from here? You know, and, yeah. and but then we kind of, Ashley and I talked about it, and 
where she was after that and after KB got voted off and all that, it was like, you know, I kind of understand, I have to understand what, what sub, you know, maybe subconscious retaliation or, you know, just sort of what wilding out might be, you know, for you and, and why that might be necessary. And I do my best not to judge them, but it, you know, I, right off the bat, I'm like, dude, this is just not good. Yeah. You know, where, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah, and I'm almost so. I'm almost kind of I don't want to say worried um, about next season. Um, I know that I mean I think it's pretty much known that this is the show is coming back for a third season. I believe you're in the in the middle of casting right now, um, but you know I'm almost like gosh, if there's no sex on the first episode next year, are people going to think, wow, this well this isn't really going as good as season two because well know, right off the bat we already had somebody you know cheating or you know. Yeah, but there's a whole other note that I'm looking forward to playing, too, which is, um, you know, and call me the optimist, but there's a possibility of true love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, you know, we could talk about as we get into some other people here. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that this this crazy show has all these different layers. And it doesn't really want to stay in any sort of box. So, yeah, it was outrageous to me that there was sex on the first night. But it will be outrageous again if there's no sex ever. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. There's so many ways that this could go down, and it's very much contingent on who's cast and who shows up. And I think it also has to do with the fact that now with each uh, subsequent season that people have watched the season before, so they're gonna. And I don't think that helps them. Yeah. I think what happens is they start to make a game plan, and what we have learned is game plans don't work. Yeah, you know, no, not at all. And um, you know, I thought Ashley was. I th- it was interesting at the reunion show. Ashley came across as very angry towards Medina. Like, she was just not in a, a good mood at that reunion show. There's obviously... A- no, she... <laughs> and, and she hugged and kissed me afterwards, and I gave her a hug, too. But she was ready to go. Yeah, and, and obviously... <laughs> at one point, I, had to, I called them all children. I'm like, you, got, you children have got to settle down. I mean, there's ob- it was- there was obviously a ton of footage from that day. That oh, obviously you only, you only you had to cram it into an hour episode. So, do we know what caused such hatred from Ashley towards Medina uh, on on Ashley's end? Listen, was it just the fact that Rick and Medina anything, were close then? Or I don't think there was any trigger that happened in the room. Okay, uh, you know, right off the bat, I said, you know, what's the state of your relationship now? And Rick gave an answer about, you know, what we are friendship and it, you know, maybe better than it was before. And I asked Ashley, she said, there is no status right yeah. so she you know and again i want to be very clear i love ashley i mean we're pals but uh she was she was mm. not having it yeah and medina i also adore medina you know is is very uh vocal and a strong confident woman and you know that was i mean let's be honest steve this is what those reunion shows uh, i'm now gathering are made of but it makes me really uncomfortable and i was like you know, I'm sure producers are going, let it go, let it go. And I kept saying, everybody just calm down. Yeah. So I don't think I did necessarily the best hosting job on that reunion <laughs> show. But it, it was a lot, man. And there was a lot in that room. Oh, yeah. No, and, totally. Yeah. And I mean, Medina and Ashley may have been the, you know, the, the most palpable vibe, but there was stuff flying all over the place. I want to move on to Gavin and Asanika. I think I think the one couple that I th- from the reaction that I received either online or in emails that most people were surprised at were that those two ended things. I didn't think they were going to break up. And it seems like 
they don't even talk anymore, which is which is sad. I yeah. didn't, I didn't think their problems were all that deep. They seemed easily fixable. I was just kind of shocked the way they ended the way they did. I, what was your well, take? Well, here's my take from the series. My take on the series is I could never really get a bite on what the real issues were, right? But I, I had this take on it. I felt Asanika wasn't expressing or or copping to what she was missing and what she needed. She was, it was, she, she would lock down, but she was so sensitive and, and there was such feeling behind it, but she is so poised. She didn't want to lose it. And on the other hand, Gavin, I think is one terrific guy, just a terrific guy, but I kept trying to push him to be more emotional that, you know, that it's about feeling. I, I would have to spoon feed him stuff. I'd have to say like, you know, you know, you see that clip and how does it make you feel? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, when you see a Sonic in the arms of Kareem, that makes you feel what? So it was really, for me, frustrating that I didn't think he was really getting in touch with a, um, like a, a really gushy, deeper emotion. But maybe that was my judgment. Just everybody processes the way they do. Because then at the reunion show, when it, it became, you know, alleged that she slept with Kareem and that didn't, he did, she didn't tell uh gavin and gavin was done he's like you know i don't i don't hang with liars yeah and uh and i'm like you know i i I can dig it i can dig it but at the same time that was the the soft underbelly is what i think both of them both of them wanted security in each other and and they just kept failing each other in that respect it it was my take on it yeah it just really seemed that gavin was caught off guard a bit by seeing the footage of Asanika and Kareem. And it seems like from the time they got home from filming until he showed up that day at the reunion, I don't think he knew. Like, it seemed like she kept that from him. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so, you know, the thing that uh, probably gets underestimated, and myself included, is that there's the experience uh, that happens on the island, and I'm really, like, fully immersed in that. And then there's when the show's air, and there's this whole level that people see you know, that, that the, you know, that the participants see that, you know, is yet to be revealed. And I, I would have assumed that they all kind of tell everybody what's going on because it's going to air. But yeah, apparently that's not the case. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was in in, yeah. in that particular instance. Um, gosh, uh, let's move on to uh, Casey and Ashley H. Wow. Uh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Um, Casey really became. uh I don't know the best words to describe it. I have it labeled as kind of a petulant baby post-show, um, attacking the show, uh, attacking you on a couple of occasions. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't call it a petulant baby, although... What would you call I it certainly, then? <laughs> uh, you know, I wouldn't call it that because it's not in my best interest to call it that. What I would say, and I said it online, and I'll say it to you, is that, look, um, Casey really didn't like the way he was portrayed. He felt like it wasn't showing the actual story. He felt like, you know, possibly everybody was conspiring against him. And he's he is welcome to feel however he feels. And I've said, and hoping he'd read it because I was involved, I've said, look, you know, he is entitled to be hurt and to feel um, sad and to have all these defensive feelings that he wants to have. It's not easy to be on a, a reality TV show and have your yourself v 
viewed in front of millions of people and judged. That's really difficult. I can't handle as the host. Yeah. I get, you know, 90 good tweets and one saying that, you know, I look stupid and I'm losing it. So I, I have sympathy and empathy for his experience. Um, I disagree with a lot of what he has claimed, but look, it's not, he handles it differently and he was doing the best he could. My feeling about him in general throughout the whole thing was he had yet to really grow to the level of like an authentic sort of emotion. He was still kind of frat boy party. It's all good. And just because you don't cheat doesn't necessarily mean that you um, evolved at all. Right. Yeah. And so, all right, I get it. You didn't cheat. I get it. But you're, I know he objected to how he was portrayed and I object to how I'm portrayed. So I get it. There is some validity that when we watch ourselves on TV and things are truncated and cut down, that some of the nuance can be lost and it's not fun to see when it's you, right? It happens to me in the bonfire all the time. It makes me look like a pompous ass sometimes, but whatever. I got to take that hit. But what I'm getting at is the true nature of who we are and who we were in the moment is pretty evident. And, um, you know, sometimes we don't want to see it. Sometimes it, we feel like we've been forced to look a way that we don't look. But all in all, you know, we, we don't hide too much from the audience. The audience senses what the audience senses. And I think, I mean, I just got the sense that, you know, from about episode six on, from the second, basically from the second he saw Ashley make out and form a connection with Ben, you know, the last five episodes was Casey constantly just crying and saying how much he wanted Ashley and they're going to be the per this perfect couple. That's right. Leave the island together. So, And I think there's some truth to that. I think that he was in such a denial about... Um, I don't know if that's fair to say a denial, but I think he was in... He had such a belief that, look, everything's going to be fine. All I got to do is not cheat and she's going to be... She's going to work her stuff out and come back to me. So that's kind of where he was living and, and I, can, I can dig it, but... Um, I kept trying to push him to say, look, it could be much worse than this or it could be much better than this. You, there, it, I felt like he was the, – the tail was wagging the dog. Once he saw that Ashley was pissed and was acting out, then all of a sudden I was going to try to – and I said nobody wants a, a proposal that, uh, you know, well, if maybe if I propose, then I'll give you what you want now. Yeah. Everybody wants it coming from your heart, you know, and maybe it did come from his heart, but it felt like a last ditch effort to save the relationship. Yeah. You know, and it came off that way. And, you know, well, it was, it was hard to watch. And Ashley said it to me post show. She's like, nobody wants to be proposed to that way. I thought I, I hated that he did that. I had a feeling he was going to, and it really bothered me. That's why, because when Ashley was sitting at that final bonfire with Casey, at no point was she ever happy or cracked a smile. Like she was upset the whole time that she was sitting next to him because she didn't yeah. like the way he was acting. Well, yeah, and, you know, based on what he, what she saw and what she felt and that, and, and it wasn't just what she saw and what she felt, but what was communicated to me is the stuff that had happened before had left her feeling a certain way. You know, now she has actions since then that make me question everything as well, but we're all adults and human and doing the best we can. Yeah. But I think that what she was doing was unloading on him based on what she saw, but also what she had felt for some long time and had the, you know, courage to stand up and say it because all she could do before was cry and beg. 
So it was a different version. I don't know if it was, one was any better than the other, but she was standing on her own two feet in that moment. And, um, and unfortunately, it just wasn't going to work out for Casey the way, you know, he had hoped. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, when I, when I look at Casey and then I see everything that, that happened to him and I see his post-show rants and how he talks about, you know, reality TV isn't real and it's all editing and all this stuff. It's just like, first off, Casey, reality TV has been around for 18 years. If, if you don't know this is how reality TV works, that's it's kind of on you. Um, you can't get upset with it after the fact. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that this guy got a ring and got down and proposed to his year-and-a-half-long girlfriend, and she said no to him on national TV. Because if Ashley says but, yes, I don't think he's complaining about editing. Of oh, course sure. he doesn't. <laughs> but what, what I find... You know, what I saw was a train wreck happening was, you know, and you see the scene when he's talking to the other guy that got a ring and they're trying to be there for him. Right. But they're looking at him like, dude, you know, what are you thinking? And I saw this going down that his he wasn't going to accept what he was saying. Yeah. He just thought he could turn it around. And I was trying to say to him, man, are you I said to him, are you prepared for this outcome? He's like, nope, I'm only prepared for one outcome. And I'm like, well, that just sums it up right there. Because yeah. that's, I've been, you know, I'm not a coach, but all that I've been doing and urging from him was to kind of get his head around the reality of things, not the scramble of, I could keep her, I'll keep her, you know? Yeah. No, it was. Rick kept saying, like, here's a perfect example. I'm not saying Rick is a saint or Casey's a bad guy. Casey was loyal, so I think he's a terrific guy. But at one point, Rick said, I lost it with Medina, and I don't have to look at that. But I, what, I'm not upset with Medina. I'm looking at the fact that I do that with Ashley, too, and maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. That's the kind of thing. That's the kind of conversation that I would have liked to have seen more of. That's the kind of growth you want to see on this show. Well, yeah. I think that's that's the real shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I, – I, it just – Casey was it – was it, it was a train going down a one-way – track like he was not going to that was the only thing in his head like you said he was only willing to accept one outcome at the end of this and the second that doesn't happen his train went off the tracks and well listen let me just say for everyone is that casey's a good guy and i really like getting to know him and his processing of this uh, show and how his part of it and everything like that is his journey to have and i hold no hard feelings man i i this is, couldn't be fun and and i wish him the absolute best and i have a feeling that the next relationship he's in whoever was with he'll be a different dude and hopefully it'll be uh you know a good guy so were you, you know, i wish him were you were you bothered or a little upset that he called me out well no d- that he didn't come to the reunion ah look I really have to I, – I know it sounds such like a political line, but the truth is this show is squirrely, okay? It is messy and squirrely. Yeah. So I think it's my best stance to not have a whole lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, I call out when people are – when I think that people are bullshitting, and I try to point in a direction of introspection from my seat and what I feel that the audience wants to hear asked. But, you know, if you don't want to come to a reunion, that's on you, dude. It, if I'm your – Boy, and you ask my advice, I'm going to probably tell you that's not a great move. You know, you are going to be the victim of everybody just doing whatever they want to do, and you hope somebody takes your back. Luckily, Rachel did, and you know, whatever. But no, that's not the move I would advise, but it's your prerogative, and, you know, 
you know, this is television. Your life is your life. You know, I don't have any hard feelings about that. You know, yeah. you don't want to come, don't come. All right. Let's get to the couple of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. These two. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know. What, okay. So, Kate and David. Yes. I think the day of that final bonfire and when, when the final bonfires aired, I think outside of Rick, there was there wasn't anybody in America that wasn't standing up and cheering for yes. Kate and and what yes. she said and what she did. David said he was going to prove himself to me, but his actions didn't follow up. She selfishly and cowardly brought me here for your own gains. She tells him this. Uh, being away from you now, she feels tall and light and pretty and strong and confident. I wrote all this down because I wanted to make sure yeah. I remembered exactly what she said at that final bonfire. And then now to see where they're at, knowing even worse stuff happened post-show that has been proven and documented. I don't know. I, I don't know what she's thinking other than I, I get it. I, I, I get I get that we have people that we just have this connection to that we can't get rid of. Plenty of us have been in relationships where you're like. This person isn't the right one for me. They did this. They treat me poorly. They cheated on me. But you, you know, you go back to them, and that's the state that Kate is in right now. But I, I felt I feel awful well, because everything she said at the final bonfire made absolutely the right sense in the world. She was a hero. Not only did it make up. sense, not only did it make sense, but it was you have to you guys have to remember that these bonfires. I'm spending like an hour and a half with each one of them. Yeah. Okay. You'll see the three minutes, but I'm sitting there with those girls for a good hour, and you can't believe the conversations I have with Kate about that, about, hey, what do you deserve? What is it you want? You can't control – this is what I always say to them. You can't control what's going on on the other side of the island. You can hope for the bus, but you can't sit there. I mean, there's not a lot you're going to do about that. What are you learning about yourself, and what is what does love look like for you? And that will help you figure out if you're getting it, right, mm -hmm. getting that love that you want, right? So, but then. They, there was a tweet last week. You know, now they forced me to be completely into the Twitter world, and uh, it was Kate and David working out together or something. And somebody made a comment about it, and I wish I could find the tweet while I talk to you. But I said something effective like, "Look, you know, there's no there's no map of the road we take to find love. All that matters is that you find your way home." And look, if he did whatever he did, and we all have a judgment of all the shenanigans he was involved in during the show and after the show. And, and, you know, but at the end of the day, if they found their own peace in it, right. And he's not abusing her, which I would never claim that's the case with him. Right. Yeah. Then hell they're, they're full grown. And if they're, they found happiness, that's all we really want. Right. Is to be happy. So, you know, it's crazy to me, but yeah, Kate and when the doors close at the end of the day, and Kate and David are together, right? No one knows what that relationship really is. And while we can all say, "Girl, you need to move on," and David, you need to get real and at least be honest, or whatever, whatever our perception is from the information that we have, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what happens between the two of them. And if he makes her happy, and she makes him happy, and all the past, the present, the future doesn't matter in their world then who are we to judge? If they're happy, they're happy, and I'm happy for them. Yeah. And, I mean, we're just yeah. we're just sitting here, and we're but as viewers of this TV but show I'm, and following the journey, we're allowed to have an opinion on... Oh, and my opinion was, 
you know, even after the reunion, I can tell you this, I gave Kate a hug and she was crying in my arms. And I just said, just remember who you are, Kate. Remember all we talked about. I'm not saying don't be with him, be with him, because she was wrecked because all this information had just come out and she was wrecked in the parking lot. And I said, look, just try to remember, you know, who you are, what we came to together in defining who you are. And uh, I think that she looks really empowered and happy and working out and whatever, and he's in her life. So if she's aware of, you know, her own power and feeling good about her life and he's in it, then that's her call, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's our call to sit back and say, Kate, you saw, you saw what he did to you on the show. Like we're not even talking about post-show stuff. The fact that you said, this is what you wanted out of him on the show. And he went against everything that you said you wanted to see out of him from the show. Like he did it to you once. Why do you believe he's not going to do this to you again? I I think that's the, the general consensus of what people are saying now. Listen, if I could sit on that stump and just say what I thought <laughs> other than, you know, like, like my, what choices you make, yeah, you know, I would be right where you are. I'd be like, what the hell are you thinking? Yeah. Based on what I've seen. But I, I don't hang out with David every day. I don't know who he is with her. I don't know. I, I don't get to see very much of the couples as couples together. So I don't know what that dynamic it is, is now. And, uh, I just got to trust that Kate's on whatever journey she's on, man. And David's on, whatever journey he's on and you know, hopefully they're working it out and they're happy <laughs> when, when you, but yeah, uh, I'm with you, man. It's like, yeah. I, I'm like, what? Yeah. That's it, how it, I re- it, reacted. Yeah. Because it's just, we were so happy for what, everything she said at the final bonfire, because it seemed like she had, once she let all yeah. that out, that she had the most growth oh, and that's what like we want to see them for women. Yeah. It was like an anthem. I was like standing up and starting to slow clap for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it basically becomes a moot point when you take them back. I mean, that's really all right. we can we can we can say. And um, you know, yeah. I when you know um, you know, in talking about the reunion show with those two, so David leaves. You know, he dumps Kate on the island. She leaves alone. He leaves with Tanita. That lasts a hot minute. Um, and you know, David. It looks like at the reunion show. David and Kate were going into that reunion show kind of I get the impression they were working on things. They weren't like fully back together. That's what it looked were... like to Okay. By the way, that reunion show, whatever I had on my cards like that I thought I was going to be asking. Yeah. In every segment went out the window almost immediately. Yeah. Like none of it was <laughs> like okay, let's just put on your wings and start flying here. So I got the sense from them that they were kind of coming out to say, look, you know, it was a rough ride and there was a lot that happened, but we're trying to work it out. And then, you know, Sam puts them on blast and Peyton jumps in and then there's, you know, you're lying. No, you're lying. No, you're lying. And I'm like, well, okay, but, and it's like, so it just got really, you know, like a bad courtroom scene, you know? So, you know, basically Sam's saying what she's saying and he's saying, no, I did not do that. So I, I, yeah, no, it, it was, was deep. It was, it was deep. And, and then Kate just rocked again. Again. And I felt horrible yeah. because that's that vulnerable Kate that I met at the beginning. And then here she was immediately back there. And, uh, but I literally sat in that chair, Steve. And, and every time they would tell me what's going on, like she would say, yeah, we've been going back and forth and kind of, you know, getting together was a jaw dropper for me. Yeah. Every single answer to any question I asked was like a 
what? Okay. Well, I guess I'm the only fool on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it's certainly a, it's like you said, it's a relationship that only Kate and David know how they are together and what makes them work. Uh, if it does, you know, for the time being, it looks like it is for them, but obviously yeah. a lot of us, you know, have our doubts just because of the way he acted uh, on that show and the things we've heard. But mostly. they had something, they had something that kept them together before that they went through this thing as crazy as it was, and it was crazy, and now, you know, they're good to be together. So at the end of the day, if you're going to keep score, or at least if I'm going to keep score, any couple that seems to be in love and happy on the other end of this, that's a win. I don't know how you got there. I don't care how you got there, but if it it worked, it worked. Yeah, and on that note, we've got, I don't know. Maybe you've heard the news. Maybe you haven't. Uh, in regards to Evan and Morgan, are you aware? Yeah, I've heard the news. Of course, it's, okay. it was you know it was a you know shocked the world. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't I haven't contacted either one of them, but I assume all the things that are being reported are, um, you know, have some truth in it. I I do know that you know what I my understanding is that they broke up, and apparently that Evan was unfaithful and so that really is a drag because i um you know i have a soft spot for him i thought you know i i still have a soft spot for him i mean we're none of us are perfect but i was really i really loved i saw the two of them in december together and they were adorable so yeah i was pretty heartbroken and just hearing that it was like almost a a last minute thing like where he just kind of up and left and went to LA without her and See, they, they were you know more than me in, I don't know yeah. anything about that is yeah. that how it went down Yeah they were spo- they anything. were supposed to move to LA together and he took off without her and left her by herself um and wow. then and then she finds out things and talks to people and hears things and yeah um So you mean that so I can't believe I'm asking you this I should probably know <laughs> but you're saying that all of the accusations of cheating and everything happened after he'd already left no, no, no. I think I think she didn't find out about it. Maybe until after he had left, like she maybe thought wow. things were going okay. I mean, I, it, uh, they clearly had some sort of issues going on. I um, yeah, I but I, I they have dark with that. The thing is, they ha- neither of them have <clears throat> spoken out. None of them has released a long Instagram post. None of them has done an interview yet. I I think that's coming at some point from. What I'm hearing, I'm working on it on my end, um, but there's some things going on that um, we will get a full story, at least from one side. I don't know if Evan wants any part of this, because I think this is all him as to why these two didn't make it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it can't be a good good one to stand on. So uh, Yeah, and, and you know, everything that Casey told us last season, and Casey and Evan, uh, Casey and Morgan, have, unbelievably enough... <laughs> After, yes, I know after where they were a year ago, unbelievably enough, have connected through this because they've now both experienced what a relationship with Evan is like. And apparently it's yeah. not the greatest uh, ro- greatest ride to go on, like to say the yeah, least. Yeah, and, you know, I got to tell you, you know, first of all, um, I've seen Casey, Casey season one, Casey. Yeah. Um, it's Campbell. I've seen her out a couple times at different functions, and we throw our arms around each other. I really you know i follow all of them i don't have any relationship with them other than being able to see their instagram and stuff yeah but i i i love who she is and who she's become on the other end of this i mean she took took just the one right to the jaw you know and and arguably in that moment i was looking at her going you're delusional and you know these ultimatums are empty and i kind of was like going you know this is a lot you and 
kind of, I was team Evan, but the truth is whatever the experience is, she's leaned into it. She's made lasting friendships with those girls. She's empowered herself in business and in life. She seems happy and healthy. And so that's, a, that's another, the thing about this show is there's no prize. There's no structure. So the byproducts can happen all over the place. Yeah. Right. How this thing goes down. And so, you know, that Casey and, and uh, Morgan have a friendship, albeit from a common enemy, which sucks because that sucks. But that says a lot for Casey, I think. Oh, I, think I, it, I, th- I think thought Morgan huge. was always a legit girl. And I, I think Morgan is, you know, a real, authentic, really great, great girl. And that they're supporting each other makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And I, I, I've told Casey this. I said it on the podcast. I've told her it um, over text that basically of how – like the Casey that I was speaking to on the podcast on a weekly basis when season one was airing, the Casey Campbell that I know now is 180 degrees different, and I couldn't be more proud of it. Yeah, like it's... I, I agree 100%. And I think that, you know, again, you don't you don't get to pick the road you go on to learn whatever you learn. But, you know, people learn in strange ways and become something different, and she definitely has grown up. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more proud. And I think, and honestly, you know, with, with Morgan reaching out to her, you know, uh, when, when, when Evan and Morgan were first a couple after season one ended and they were doing their media rounds, they were obviously taking backhanded shots at Casey and, and Morgan had nothing to say about Casey. She didn't know Casey other than anything Evan told her, which clearly was going to be negative stuff. So, of course, right. of course, they were there were some barbs going back and forth between the Evan and Morgan camp versus Casey, and Casey rightfully so uh, returned the volley there. However, For sure. a year later, Casey easily could have said, "Look, I don't want, I don't care that you and Evan broke up. I want no part of you. Like, screw you." Yeah, I think that yeah. the fact that she was a, a kid could rise above that and and use and and let Morgan lean on her and give advice and help her in any way she can. I think is. It speaks volumes about the the character of Casey through all of this because she didn't have to do that. She yeah. could have just said, "No, you were a bitch to me when you and Evan got together and basically rubbed it in my face." I don't want to. Yeah, or care. Could, she could have had a stance of, you know, you stole the man that broke my heart. Yeah, you know, all of that could have been there. But like like uh, you said, and you've had a lot of uh, interaction with Casey. I think Casey's done a lot of growing, and she's not a weak, dependent, ma- uh, manipulative person. She's just living her life. Yeah. And uh, taking the hits and, and knows that she's still standing at the end of the day. So, you know, I got a lot of respect for that kid. Yeah, no, she's she's done great for herself. So happy for her. Yeah. And um, uh, before we wrap it up here, I just want to talk about a little bit. Obviously, like I said, season three is, is going to happen. Um, you're going through casting now. You obviously don't know. I don't think anybody's been fully cast yet, and you don't know anybody. Yeah, we don't, we don't have an official on that one, but uh... – I, I would say if I were a betting man, it's probably a good bet. Probably a good bet. Yeah. Um, what is the um, – when you look back at the first two seasons, six of the eight couples that came onto the show ended up leaving broken up. I don't think that means anything one way or another. Um, I think it does say a lot to the fact that – I don't know. If we ended a season with – I almost feel like if we ended a season with three couples or all four couples saying – Hey, let's run off together at the end. Let, let's be together. Let's let's work through this. I don't know. I almost feel like that would be boring. Like I think people want to see the chaos and they want to see. I <laughs> I think that 
I, I grapple with that quite a bit, but my my feeling and in going into another season of this is that I um this sounds so stupid, but I'm rooting for love. Yeah. So I think that it can be compelling. Look, it's gonna be a messy ride if you come to Temptation Island. We know this. You know, we know this. It's just the way it goes. Um but I think I think it could be very interesting to watch true love prevail or evolve, you know, because you got to remember, it's not just don't cheat and we end up together. It wasn't firing on all pistons that made you come here in the first place. So, yeah. so what the journey is, is can you misstep or correctly step? And at the end of the day, uh, come back together at a different place than you were when you met and that be something real. That's my goal that, you figure out the thing that was not working and that you, uh, at the end of the day, come back together and discover new versions of each other that are better and, and, and can make this thing, you know, real. Yeah. So I, I'll keep that hope alive. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we definitely will. And obviously we'll be watching for it. I'll be covering it um, again next season uh, as well. We'll have you on at the beginning of next season before it starts airing and, and whatnot. Um, uh, you know, we don't know dates of anything uh, when anything is happening yet, but obviously we'll keep yeah. people updated. Let, you you seem to know more than me, so let me know. Will you? Because I want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say. Uh, so, Mark, be, be ready to leave for Maui, and uh, you know, I, you know, I have a go back. I'm <laughs> yeah. ready to go. Whatever they're ready, I'm ready to go. Uh, I have my two pair of shorts and three t-shirts. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, it's always great to have you on. Thanks so much uh, for coming on again and giving us a season wrap up, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Uh, thanks for everything, man, and a great talking to you. You got it. Thanks, Mark. All right, bye. Thank you so much to Mark for that. I really appreciate it. I love having him on. We're always going to have him on at the beginning of the season to preview what to expect. You heard that back in, I think, I believe October we had him on, and then now, obviously, to close the season. He's great. Uh, I think he does an excellent job as the host of that show and basically doubles as a host and a therapist, which you just don't see much. I mean, especially if we're – Talking about Bachelor and Bachelorette, Chris Harrison doesn't really offer any of that. But anyway, so thank you to Mark for coming on. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, we've got a, probably the next four or five weeks lined up. Uh, I will be filling you in on those as we get closer. Next week, I can tell you, the podcast guest is Dalton Ross from EW.com, and we're going to preview Season 40 of Survivor Winners at War, the first time in the history of 40 seasons of Survivor that every contestant is a former winner on the season. Also, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. You know it's very much appreciated. We haven't done any He Said, She Said podcast, me and Ashley Spivey, this calendar year. We want to get that started again. So if you want to be a part of that, email me, email Ashley. Let us know your situation. Let us know what time zone you're in, the best time you can record a call, and download Skype somewhere, either on your phone or on your computer, because that's how we record the calls, and uh, we can hopefully arrange something and get those going again in 2020. So... Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for getting through my kind of gravelly, hoarse voice. Hopefully it wasn't too grating on you. Anyway, thanks to Mark again. I'm Reality Steve. This has been podcast number 167, and we will talk to you next week. See you.